Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank all my Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support the program. I would also like to give a big shout-outs to my senior producers, Ventus Official, and my mom and dad. Shout-outs, love y'all. Today, we have Trey the Trashman all the way from West Coast, baby. I want to say, I will always want to say NorCal, but then I start to question myself and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. But it is NorCal, Yes. Yes, it is NorCal, but I've uh, for a while now started representing California as a whole. Oh, so that hopefully they'll start letting me enter SoCal Acadian again. So we'll see. That's, that's, <laughs> the, a little... that's the that's the goal there to say. Oh, I was, <laughs> this state is not big enough to handle Trey the Trash Man. I I go to a similar amount of locals, honestly, at different points in time. I'll be at a lot, a lot of SoCal locals. So I just love it down there. It's uh, one of my favorite places. So. <laughs> Second place. Well, I, for, half the people just think I'm SoCal. <laughs> anyway. Your second home away from home, that kind of thing. Yes. You know, exactly. that seems like a decent enough drive. It's NorCal, I guess, isn't the true sense of the most northern part of the state because as far as I'm aware, San Francisco and and Oakland and places like that are not actually truly at the top of the at the top of the state. But no. whatever that whatever that place is, it's it's not true NorCal as far as I understand. Would you want to clarify though? Would you, would you agree or disagree? uh, Yeah, no, definitely. I would say that from like where San Francisco and I are at, it's about a similar distance to get to the Oregon border as it is to get to LA might even be a little bit further North. So we're definitely have a lot less of a drive than if you're all the way up there, but it's about six to seven hours from where I live to get to LA like Burbank, where the Verdugo is held at, Mm -hmm. for example. So why would you say you get down there quite a bit? Is it because you just say, hey, who's going down? I'll come with you, or how does it work? I Honestly, I just want to go and hang out, so I just cave on, or someone's usually down to house, and my girlfriend and I enjoy going down there, doing some of the other stuff down there, too. So we just kind of go down there to go hang out. (laughs) Really, it ends up happening quite randomly. Or if there's like a special law list... If there's another event going on, if we're going to a concert or something like that, we'll usually stay for quite a bit of extra time. So we just, yeah, I don't know. We just enjoy going down there. (laughs) You seem to be up to quite a bit of things. I wanted to ask you about your experience at Double Down, but I don't, I don't know. Okay. How about this? Let's bury the lead there a little bit. This is something y'all can look forward to. This is the person who emceed top eight of Melee at Double Down, Trey the Trash Man. But I love hearing about how people get into Melee. And we did not talk about this when you were on with me and Hada to talk about Smash Camp, which I was, my computer was not prepared for. But guess what? We haven't lagged Spike at all during this. And I'm streaming at the same time. So this is going to be already so much better. But anyway, now, now that we're in the present, uh, a, a, a look at the past. I should have said that faster and more eloquently, but I'm always curious. How do people get into Melee? Trash, how did you get into Melee? So, um, I guess if we want to go like deep, deep, deep cuts, <laughs> I would say it starts with a video that's still on YouTube. Started probably, it was a uh, biology class interview uh, or video. And I got together with a couple friends from the class and we were making, basically you had to find some analogy for a plant cell and we used like Pokemon Emerald and stuff in Pokemon. There's some, something stupid. The video is awesome though. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll set it to cipher. But 
basically while at my house one of those friends like started looking at my pokemon cards and they had talked about how they just started playing the pokemon like trading card game going to tournaments and i used to do card game stuff so then we started going to tournaments together a lot for that and then he watches genesis 3 so there there's a whole little era of the pokemon card tournaments but like that that doesn't matter so then <laughs> he watches genesis 3 grand finals on twitch and that's when he kind of figures out about competitive smash and I already had a Wii U because I like collecting games and I had Smash 4, but I didn't know anything about like the competitive side of it. So then we started playing Melee competitively, quote unquote, um, or like with that knowledge that it existed on his like plasma screen TV before we even knew that CRTs made a difference <laughs> and yes. stuff like that. And then I would go home and I would practice Smash 4 because I didn't have a way to play Melee. So then after about like, a couple months of that i buy a copy of melee and i was going to melee tournaments before i ever even had melee within those like first two or three months before i had melee we started going to tournaments like there's one tournament we would go to randomly um and then yeah i got melee and i just i started playing anthers ladder and i stopped playing smash 4. <laughs> so the, the the tray the trash pikachu um came and went very quickly but yeah, so then that's like kind of just where it started. And really just since then, it's been like a steady, steady, steady increase of doing stuff and enjoying it and meeting friends. And because it just it got hooked so quick because these tournaments just started meeting people so quickly and hanging out. And it was just a really it was just something to do while also being really fun. I miss competitive. I miss doing like competitive games or card games and stuff like that. And I had just been injured after like sports is basically what I was doing the whole time before that. Like um, when I stopped playing card games when I was younger and when I wasn't playing video games as much, I was playing a lot of sports in high school and then kind of getting injured from that. I just didn't have really anything to do and I wanted something like competitive and melee just came at a really good time <laughs> for me in yeah, terms excellent. of getting obsessed. So, yeah. What I love of... hearing is that, for all the things that I perceive you doing over there in the lovely state of California is so much. And I think to myself, Trey the Trash Man has probably been involved for a really long time. And okay, 2018 was not last year. But oh, I, 2016. So Genesis 3 was 2016. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it was like 2016. Um is when I started playing like early in that year, mm -hmm. like really late 2015. So I, I'm trying to remember when, yeah, G3 was like really late 2015 or yeah, like early 2016. It was. Probably would have been early 2016. Yes. So. Yes. During my, my brief research stint of all the Genesis is, 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 is that was like the, the first big tournament in 2016. And they had top eight Sunday in that, in that venue away from where the rest of the tournament had been taking place. You know, that the amphitheater yeah, thing where it was this year. Mm -hmm. Yes. Historic, yeah. historic. So, Fun. yeah. Okay. So still three years ish, two and a half ish years removed from being a quote unquote doc kid. So you wouldn't consider yourself a doc kid. You'd be the, no, the melee boom not. platinum mage gamer. I, I think, I would think that it's, there's honestly, I think Genesis got a lot of people into it. I have always like kind of joking said I'm a Genesis kid. Ooh. And then Genesis going to Genesis four was like the end all be all for me, like doing things going forward. I was like, okay, this, I guess I'm going to be doing this a lot in my life. Aren't I? <laughs> It's just that experience too was a lot 
So yeah, I was, I'm a Genesis kid. What do you remember from Genesis Four? Looking back, um, staying awake for like 15 hours at a time playing Melee. Uh, one of like the top eight was absolutely insane. Like going to a tournament, going to like a big event with like a group of friends for quite a, the first time in a while. That was like just like I, I something like this. Like grabbing hotel rooms. We had like two hotel rooms, like seven people in a room, like just sleeping on the floors doing degenerate stuff like just being dumb like staying up too late like you know drinking a little bit i actually didn't even drink at that time that's i yeah i, I wasn't drinking i smoked a little bit but um, <laughs> allegedly like, but yeah no it it was just like genesis such a good time did a lot i would say that i remember after top eight one of the coolest times and i think one of the coolest melee community members who doesn't honestly get talked about nearly enough is watch from japan and our hotel room and some of our friends like we were walking back from the top eight and we start talking to like rudolph and watching them and I, a whole group and they like watch us translating for like three different conversations with three different people at the same time while also having his own and watches the main to in japan and super nice guy just so much and then um so we just go back to their room. We just play Melee for a while that night and at, things like that. And I, I remember like, hey, was, that's when Zork was living in NorCal, who another international player and like, like just getting food in Oakland's Chinatown with someone from like Norway and Sweden or like in Britain. I mean, I, it was like Frenzy and Zork. And it's just things like that, where it's like, what is this game now? Like, this is not just like, I'm not just playing a game. And it was, that's when I really realized that the thing I enjoyed the most about Melee was hanging out with people and doing that part of it. And so that's why tournaments and things like Genesis are so important for me, I feel like, because that's where I get the highest concentration of like, yo, I can like experience these things with people I don't get to see all the time, make a lot of my best friends that I've had moving forward and stuff like that. So so it's kind of like random experiences where you're just like, why is this 16-year-old game, 20-year-old game getting people together in these outlandish ways so many years later? And it was like that idea is kind of what hooked me about Melee. Watch was my first major, if you want to count Pound 2022 as a major, first major uh, bracket opponent, you could say, played in winners. And Watch... <laughs> says uh after i say do you want to go battlefield watch just says oh let's let's strike guess where we struck to <laughs> battlefield <laughs> yep. but watch was super fun to play against i love the ice climbers and later on in the tournament at pound we're both watching amsa play in top 64 or no warming up for top 64 so it was in between matches Amsa was in between matches and watch and i were just talking about how awesome smash 64 is like for 20 minutes yeah. we're just going like oh the combo contest oh the top players like uh we were having such a great time talking about how awesome smash 64 is which is great because i think that's my second favorite smash game and watch is going yeah it's so much fun it wasn't really around that long before melee came out it's so underappreciated i was like i know i know so shout outs to watch still still doing things was with at least six other japanese players ultimate players and melee players of course amsa at at pound so after the after the genesis 8 tournament which had happened the weekend before going across the country over to pound just the weirdest little things like you said how do we get here oh yeah we're here because of melee and it's super yeah. cool 
Yeah, is uh, he's always talked about how he really, really wants to incentivize and find a way to run like a super major in Japan and draw out international players somehow, at least for like one. And it's really hard due to like gambling laws and such and the way like payouts kind of won't really work. And there's a lot of different reasons, but I know there's a pretty big Japanese tournament happening pretty soon. Barely, I don't know which one, but I thought I, thought I saw Cody talking about going to Japan for an event or something. Um, so there's an event on the special that, tour, I think. Okay, awesome. Yeah, see, that's super sick. Um, and I know Watch is probably involved with that as well. I can only imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, uh, that's a really good memory of mine. That's and really, really cool. And you didn't, you hardly even, I know that you, one of the top eight sets that you were thinking of for Genesis 4 is Mango versus Leffen, but it's also just all the right. people that oh you get to God. meet. I, me and my friend like stood up and like hugged each other at the end of that set at the top eight. <laughs> and I totally forgot about that for a sec. Yeah. Or like tears were like, Oh my God. Like what? And yeah. No, that was <laughs> Mega Leffen at G4. It was like a surreal. Yeah. That was, that, that was an amazing moment. Easily one of the best of G4 for probably anyone who was at home or watching in any capacity. That was insane. I, I feel like you don't often get to see two players playing at the same level that often where it goes game five and you can just tell it's only going to take one small little moment for it to happen. Even some game five sets, it'll go game five and it'll just be a wash. The person who gets their counter pick two stocks their opponent or what have you. And so I don't feel like it's super often, especially in top eights where you go game five, it's last stock, last hit, that kind of feeling where you go... At any moment now, this is going to change in one person's favor, and we don't know who it is. And that, and and for Mango versus Leffen, especially, that's what makes it so exciting. A, a low key underrated set between the two of them was at Smash Summit, whichever one Leffen was at recently. I think that would be Smash Summit 13, the one that Leffen was at this oh, year, yeah. early this year, where it was like losers' quarters or something like that, but. Yeah. Still game five and really, really fun. Although Leffen do would definitely disagree. Should have won that set, but that's the Mango plot armor. Yeah, speaking of Mango plot armor, that's part of what made that G4 set so insane. Mm -hmm. At that time, the idea of Genesis was like, Genesis was Mango Armada Grand Finals. Yes. Every Genesis leading up to G4 was that. Mango gets knocked into losers really early. And it's that, especially at that time, like that idea was like a crazy thing. And then Mango fighting all the way back to grand finals and having to get through Leffen and that said, and thinking he's going to lose at so many different points. Yeah, that Mango plot armor definitely goes a long way when it comes to some good stories, at least. <laughs> and so after G4, you're all set. You're all ready to go. So, and since then, I would go ahead and assume that you've been TOing for a little while. You've been doing content for a little while now. You've been playing, obviously, this whole time. So at this at this stage of the game here in 2022, oh, and signing with All Chat Esports, I forgot to introduce you as All Chat Esports' very own Trey the Trash Man. My Shout bad. out, All Chat. Made Slumlord very angry just now, but oh, <laughs> but that's that's the whole thing, right? You get to do you get to do all this cool stuff now and this year. But what would you say has been your favorite part of 2022 so far? Would it have been Double Down, or was there a low key event that you went to that you were like, this this right here? We also did talk uh, about Smash Camp a lot, so that, those are my three guesses. True. There's uh, there's been a lot of events this year that have been really good, but I do have some like yeah key things in mind. Smash Camp is always fun, and taking 
my girlfriend to smash camp and showing her that event was cool because we talked about it for a while um i would say that honestly throughout this whole year and just coming like having some more traction in the melee scene a little bit just in like not personally but like the scene kind of getting on its feet again a little bit trying to rebuild our local scene and just seeing kind of our local scene grow and a lot of the new players come in and a lot of the tournaments that have been popping up just in Sacramento um, and like carpooling to turn like events with all these different new players and kind of showing them a lot of the stuff for the first time. There's a lot of slippy kids, honestly, if, if that's a good way to put it, or a lot of people who are getting back into the game who didn't play that much previously in our area as well. And a lot of these players are also experiencing a lot of the similar things I did. And I think that's really sick because a lot of our old guard, like the a couple of the few people who I probably played some of the most melee with in my life growing up, like Ace and Dookie, they still are one of the people who are hosting like most of the main sessions. Like I like brought so many people over there who now go over there all the time and stuff like that. And now they're getting that experience of like learning from them and hanging out and having those melee sessions and people are finally starting to like go to out of region events together again. And even at this last one, um, NMW just had a going away party uh, slash tournament at guild house. And after that, there's this like a Sacramento area player Quark uh, who I, I actually didn't even know who was going originally. And I had carpooled with a couple other SAC people and, they're going to take a train back or something. And we're just like, no, we all got a hotel room and ended up just staying extra long and stuff like that. And then going back the next day, then those three left from my house to go to another Sacramento tournament. I was too <laughs> tired, but it, it's like, so it's stuff like that has been really fun. And I, that's really been one of my favorite parts so far um, this year. And also I have a lot of really fun ideas and stuff is starting to kick up a lot quicker. Um, so I've been really excited with that. And then, yeah, when it comes to just like pure melee stuff and things that I've been doing, it's hard to beat some of the commentary opportunities and stuff I had at Double Down. That was just an amazing time, and I'm super thankful. Um, so thank you, VGBC and Scabs and everyone. But that was an amazing time. I had a lot of really good commentary blocks with some people I haven't commentated with before, like Jorge got return blocks with people who i really wanted to commentate with again like june bug and then uh the commentary block with tof tof and vish i i talk about a lot how i think they're just probably my two favorite commentators right now and have been for like a while those are just uh, the commentators who i really i try and i learn a lot from and stuff so getting a block with tof and like all of winners quarters some amazing sets being able to commentate S2J HBox was <laughs> so fun and awesome. Johnny is a good friend of mine. Like Juan's a friend of mine too. Like honestly, that set was just so like insane. And Johnny's never done it before on LAN. And it was just, I feel like one of the better commentary like sets that I've ever had. I've gotten like great feedback on it. And it was also, I got to commentate like a really kind of dope and important moment for one of my really good friends at a really important event as well. So it had a lot of like personal meaning as well and got to do it with somebody who I've always wanted to commentate with as well. So that was S2J HBox commentating that was really awesome. 
And then, yeah, I mean, emceeing top eight was really cool and fun too. And really random. That was not like, I didn't know I was going to be doing that until the like day before, um, about halfway through the day and then getting it confirmed later oh. and such. So yeah. And I, due to a lot of reasons tried to get to bed a lot earlier but due to somebody getting lost type thing so i need to like make sure people have their card keys etc only got like a few hours of sleep which i was that was uh definitely a little bit of a test as well but had a great time doing that i think it went well it's something i want to do a lot more um i you know what, everybody? I I, I asked Bo back. He'll he'll think about it, but I would love to co-do it with Stude at Genesis. I think that would be so fun. <laughs> Co MC. A little, a little duo bits come out. Like Stude, did you think of that last match? I think it would be so fun. Oh, I the bits bits we'd have the 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 absolute length. That's like fourteen feet of people, almost thirteen and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's substantial. A substantial amount of people. Um, but no, so that was really fun. I'm really thankful that Scabs and Gimmer wanted me to do that and that I got the opportunity to, and I want to try it again because there's a lot of things I want to change. It was literally the first, I didn't even know I was going to be doing that. Uh, originally I was going to be emceeing like rock, paper, scissors, top four. Like that's what <laughs> I thought on Friday. And then all that stuff, but like was canceled and things like that. And then it's the like right before and they're like, oh, you'll, so you said you were down to MC Rock, Paper, Scissors. Like, you, you want to do Melee Top 8? I'm okay, a little different, but I would love to. So that was really fun, and the award ceremony was fun. Um, so, yeah, I just, especially being able to, like, introduce Shepard fiction with that to getting third place and, you know, going out there with him, being one of the 69% homies, one of the boys, like one of my best friends, just period. That was really cool too. So there's a lot that kind of tied into being able to do it at that event specifically with like my favorite set being the Johnny set and then being able to like introduce fiction and stuff like that. That made it especially cool for me as well. So yeah, Double Down and I would say the local scene um, have been like my favorite melee moments. And there's too many homie moments at tournaments <laughs> to count, honestly. It's, you know who you are. Yeah, it's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you've been getting geek. to do so much. I'm I'm over here and I've I've gone to pound and I've, and 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 I'm helping to run an online bi weekly on Saturday nights and we were able to chain it into a smash fest this past weekend. That was really fun. But the first carpool of the year is finally happening this upcoming weekend. There's a Baltimore monthly M3. For those of you who are curious, you can check it out on Saturday on the stream. Hopefully I'll be doing a little bit of the commentary, but I'll be car carpooling down with some 717 people and maybe Professor Peen, our best player, will make some moves. We'll see. <laughs> Professor Peen had a close 2-0 loss against Mango at Pound. Close 2-0, close 2-0 <laughs> loss. I watched that set, actually. That was a really cool set. <laughs> I the Professor Peter Pound. I love that you That's remember that. Let's go. I do. That's awesome. I do. No, yeah, he was moving. But you've had you've had lots of these moments, right, where you're able to go to all these events and being able to MC top eight. For me, I would love to just 
I would love to see what that would feel like to have the opportunity to do something like that. So that's really cool that not only have you been able to do it once, you sort of opened the bridge to being able to do it again in the future. Genesis maybe. And I'm, I'm excited <laughs> okay. to see what you do with emceeing, but you were also talking about commentary. You're talking with, or sorry, you're, you're commentating with some of the, the most well-known, some of the best commentators out there in the game. And you're, I feel like what you do really well is you work with the person who's next to you. Chemistry is such a big deal between two commentators. And I think, I think you, you take that you you take that 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 mindset and not that you are really serious about it because that sort of brings it down but you you just yeah. know in an intuitive way if we're vibing then chat's vibing and we're 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 doing good so i love seeing the sets that you commentate Trey and okay. it's something that if you're continuing to aim to do i'm curious about how you think other than just tracking down the people who are decision makers and putting yourself in front of them and saying, hi, hello. Other than that, what, what, what other things do you recommend or what other things are you thinking about in terms of increasing your opportunities, not only to commentate in general, but get the, the more, the more front facing blocks, the top eight type blocks. I honestly, it's just commentating as much as I can, wherever I can, when I can, and getting better and better at it. I feel like that also can help you so much with any opportunity you get that it just ends up paying dividends later. Because if you finally do get in front of that, because it, it, it does, it is unfortunate that a lot of times, and this is kind of an issue with almost esports just in general as a whole, and commentary can especially have this problem, but it can be hard to just when so many people are applying to something, this or that, so if you're not always some sometimes in mind at the beginning, it can be hard to get your foot in the door there. Yes. But when you do have an opportunity to commentate one of those events, you need to kill it. And once you start becoming reliable in the sense where it's like, okay, not at least nothing is going to go wrong on stream, at least like, you know what I'm saying? Like, genuinely... <laughs> It's like, that's a big thing. Um, getting those opportunities and being able to just nail them is so important because then it's like, okay, chat like this guy, VODs enjoyed this guy. Obviously that's, you know, minimum of like what, what I want. Like, this is what we're aiming towards. Next time you apply, if you're somebody who's like going out to multiple different events and stuff like that it's like well if this is somebody i've worked with before and they want to keep doing this again like you can they're like i would rather work with somebody that maybe i have before type thing so just making sure that when you get those first opportunities to work with a new event or something it just make sure that you kill it and that's extends far back people are probably just thinking i'm talking about like oh when you get your major block but no, the first time I was ever asked to uh, commentate Salt Mine for all chat, I honestly, I, I mean, some would probably be down to talk about it now a little bit, but immediately from that point on, like they pulled me in. They're like, that was amazing. We really like you and Hada together. Like I, w I would like if you want to start commentating these more and just kind of from then on established like a real just open talking relationship because we wanted to like, see if somebody's able to be commentating something weekly and you know that it's going well there's you know that's it, it's good for both parties um and stuff like that so it's even and we see now we're like all chat and all the support i've gotten from them and where that's led to and the sponsorship and such so it's i took that 
mentality to like even just when I would be commentating another random netplay weekly or something. You know what I mean at the time? And this is when Salt Mine was like really small too, comparatively to where it is now. It wasn't small, but um, it's just really if you're if you're like trying to do something, especially for the first time, like you really need to make sure that you make a good first impression with your work and such. I think that's been a big thing for me and things like Pound. Um, Genesis went well and I had already applied for Double Down and such, but then that got moved and I was thankful for all chat for being down to take me out to Pound because that was an opportunity I had and I really felt like kind of needed to take it. And it went really well and things like Laud shouting me out after for some of my commentary and the analytical side and stuff like that. And then being willing to be yourself though, too. I don't know. Cause I feel like too many people with commentary, especially will kind of try and shoehorn what they think like their style is or what type of commentator they are into too many different situations. You need to be able to like what you were talking about earlier, kind of read your co-commentator just kind of understand how other people are feeling as well and find a happy medium where it can work out really well. And you don't have to be the best player in the world to, um, this is actually probably the single most important sentence I can say for anyone for commentary. It's just say what you know. Don't be worried if like you're not good enough to talk about something and and vice versa too like if you think you're just good in general like don't talk about stuff you don't know like if you know something to be true like do your research like learn the game and stuff as well like be willing to say it if you're not sure probably should say something else and i think that <laughs> that goes a long way just say what you know i feel like kind of got off track with that question a little bit but it's i don't uh, yeah, that question is a little tricky in some ways, but yeah, just make the most of your opportunities. I would say, say what, you know, um, read the room. Mm-hmm. Big deal. <laughs> yeah. That would be the uh, sound bite for that advice. Those yes. three things. Say what, you know, read the room. I was commentating back in the fall 2021 at the local, the IRL local that we had before the venue kicked us out. And we didn't do anything wrong, by the way. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that I was commentating with with the person who I actually commentate the bi-weekly with, me and Jay Bobison. We, Jay Bob and I run this RTB Raise the Bandwidth. If you're curious, you can check it out anyway. You get it, you get it. So we're, we're, we're commentating in the fall and we're less than, we're less than, 10 feet away from the players. One of them is not plugged in with headphones or whatever. And we're just talking and I know very little about the game. So I'm just having fun because maybe there's six or 10 people watching or whatever, and I'm having fun with it. I'm not trying to put out misinformation or anything, but I'm just having fun. I'm like, Oh, that was probably a bad idea. Oh, that was probably a good idea. But then it, Impale just looks up at us and it's like, yo, can you shut up I'm trying to play? <laughs> Read the room. Read the yeah, room. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard one though, too, because that's that puts commentators in a hard spot. That's you need to tell production to set it up a little different. No, I've, no, we were uh, we, we did not have well the space. We room. did not exactly. have the space. There's times, and that's why you know players gotta understand that too. If that's if that's like the situation at hand, you know, it goes both ways as a competitor somebody if if your commentary isn't distracted on somebody else's 
cheering might. Some people are just uh, prone to that as well. So the, and the other thing that I really like about making it count, something that I think that might be a, a pressure point for some people is, well, if I don't have a lot of experience, how am I supposed to make a good impression right off the bat? And you can literally practice just by yourself. You can mute the stream and try to commentate it from your own perspective if you really want to practice, because then you'll start having to look at Melee live and trying to keep up with it and just pulling anecdotes out of the air or whatever. You can practice that sort of thing. I used to, I would just commentate football games watching as a, as a kid and a teenager. I'd meet the TV, I'd commentate it. My family eventually was like, you need to do at least a quarter at a time because I think you're better than these guys. Well, nobody roots for the Eagles. Like national commentators like Troy Aikman never speak favorably of the Eagles. And I understand why, but also like, uh, come on. And so that's also probably part of the reason why my family family told me to commentate more, but I would just do that. that. I always thought that was really fun. And then when you are quote unquote, trying to make it count and make a good impression, you don't have to actually capture all these points necessarily. You just want to make sure that you're easy to work with, that you take, you take criticism with a grain of salt. You say Twitch chat may not necessarily have great advice. The people who are, who are around me in the room are talking to me and giving me feedback those are probably people i should listen to more those are people that i shouldn't try to come at them challenging like and be all like well you don't know anything this is my style blah 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 you want to be easy to work with and if and if never do that that's a big one be easy to work with yes be easy to work with and then share share what you love about the game even if you're not saying this is why i love melee you don't have to put it like that but if you share a if you share why you love the game in, in, in whatever way makes sense during commentary, the passion comes out and then people know that you're invested. You don't just sound like a stiff who's trying to say, this just happened and this just happened. Yeah. What do you think, co-commentator? <laughs> yeah, no, you, you need some level of emotion to connect with your audience. And that's like a big point as well. Like being able to make the people at home feel like you're not just giving them a presentation, but they're watching it with you, I think is helpful and goes a long way. And you can still do that in like very professional ways and very analytical ways still and giving advice and stuff. Um, I think Tof and I actually did a really good job of that in the HBOX set as well. Like letting ourselves, you know, be awestruck and mystified at moments and Mm. breaking down other things you know talking about like fun stories or lore as well just kind of like the things that people do what like you're talking about sitting in a living room watching a football game you know people give their own high school glory stories while they also (laughs) talk about how somebody was in cover two at the wrong time and there's just yeah a million different things where and then half the time you're just screaming too (laughs) So it's like, you know, I think that with taking that analogy with a grain of salt, that's kind of sometimes the energy that you're trying to facilitate and palpitate in the viewer's own room at home. That's like something like to be aware of energy levels and stuff as well um, is a good one. Trey. But yeah. Do you need a catchphrase? I don't have one. So I would have to say no, I guess. See, success story. You do not need a catchphrase. Although, I, I mean, 
if you had one, that's also cool as well. But yeah. not everybody you, can just scream at Toph cool and be like, can you believe what we just saw, Toph? Can't, yeah. not everybody can do that. I don't know what I say a lot. Yeah, no. I mean, well, <laughs> I have like things that I say that I have isms. Yes, of course, of course. I, uh, I definitely have a lot of isms per se, but I don't have a catchphrase. <laughs> No, there's 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 only cheesy ones and people that would groan after a while and maybe it would swing back. It's so bad it's good, but then it would swing back to bad. It's so bad that it's bad. So <laughs> something might happen yeah, eventually for you if you just keep commentating top eight and people start spamming it in chat, maybe. But for the yeah, time we'll being. See. I'll let it come. Was that the worst DI uh, that you ever saw? for that knee from S2J. Was that the worst DI you've ever seen in a high-level match or in a match in general? It's um, interesting because, I mean, you know, the issue with that is it's... I I want to get it. My whole thing is... is <laughs> I feel like when I look at somebody interactions in Melee, it's, like, very hard to decide if something is, like, really good or really bad because that's just in mix-up scenarios. And right there, like... SUJ kneeing out of shield there is not a common nor optimal option nor something that they normally do. So that drifting back DI like off of S2J shield in a lot of ways makes sense. While also, I mean, you're not that worried about dying at that percent anyway, and a knee normally getting hit by it wouldn't be that big of a deal in that scenario. Um, so like, yes and no, it was... Literally, it was the worst DI you could have possibly had in that scenario. Yes. Was it like the worst DI decision I've ever seen? No, not even close. It was extremely unfortunate. Just like my hat right now. Flipping it around. But yeah, that's so that's yes and no is my answer. I mean, it obviously one one that a lot of people will remember for a long time because of how historic it was for S2J. Do you do you have you talked about how being good friends with S2J, being good friends with Fiction, especially because of the sixty nine percent? I should also have put. I, I me and Shab have been best friends for like a long Ace time before that, and sixty nine percent. But baby boy, would you say that Fiction is the player that you most want to see? push to win that major because s2j can top eight, oh, and dude, fiction it, can top eight. Uh, if like yeah if null or fiction win a major like i would lose it i would lose it if johnny wins a major i'd lose it too but like yeah like shepherd geo wins a major it's all over um so and by that i yes the answer is shep because Geo's on his way up he needs to get past shep first so <laughs> I feel like I've seen, I feel like I've seen, so I, I know Geo by Noel, uh, but I feel like I've seen both of them play for for a long enough time now that you, you start to wonder how many years does it take to be able to push to get to top three or to finish at uh, like as the best player of the day to finish at first place. And I, and I just have to remind myself that there are usually enough players that show up to a major that have won tournaments before that are going to be clear favorites to be able to take the tournament again. And yes, we will see really cool moments like Slug taking down Zane at double down. We'll get to see really cool stuff like that. That was really cool. And that was cool. He did some crazy stuff. <laughs> and maybe and maybe we'll see someone like Zane 
slump a little bit here in the summer of Smash in 2022. And it's unfortunate for Zane. It's tough. It's rough. But Zane is still a player who you could reasonably expect in any bracket that he enters to win the tournament. So despite the, despite that, so for the rest of the players in the field, the people who are, who are finishing maybe on the, on the like uh, eighth place to fourth place, that kind of a deal. It feels like it takes so much to once again, clear the next hurdle to finish top four or to finish at first. And I'm curious from your perspective, if if you're around these players long enough and you played long enough yourself, what do you think is is the secret sauce that a lot of players do they feel like they're just close enough that if they work a little bit harder and continue to play eight hours a day that they'll finally uh, clear that hurdle or is there another reason? Yeah, I, I mean honestly, right now I think ever since I've been playing the game, the hurdle is like infinitesimally shorter making that jump than I've ever seen it. I don't even necessarily think Zane is in a slump necessarily right now. I just think that a few other players like finally got good enough and now it's the point where it's like okay if mango like let's say there's the zayn mango tier that means that zayn and mango are only preparing for zayn and mango but like now if you're zayn there's like six players who are at that level in the world right now and it's like okay like you're now splitting time preparing for ibdw while also having to prepare for amza jmook slug like it's just it's getting so much harder to prepare for everyone i feel like that we're seeing some of the highest and highest level melee we've ever seen before. I don't think that that like being the best is that bar has been lowered, but I think that talking about the difference between top 20 to top 10 is smaller than it's ever been. Top 10 to top five is smaller than it's ever been top. Like I don't, a lot of those don't even exist anymore. I almost think there's like a top 25 and then there's like a top five and it's like kind of, you know, around there, it's a little murky and stuff with between all those players and all those tiers. Um, it's just so right now, I feel like that a lot of these players, yeah, I feel like they tangibly are seeing, okay, I might struggle against this player, but everybody has kind of been losing sets potentially to everyone. So if my bracket demon loses and I'm able to play a good matchup for me, um, you know, like things like even like fiction, like Zayn is one for him right now that is like a really hard demon for him that is kind of his biggest struggle at the moment. But now with players like Ed Slug and J Moot being able to beat them, like this has opened things up a lot. But then you look at like fiction versus Slug comparatively, you know what I mean? It's like even to Zane's like it's there's things nowadays that you just wouldn't you can't base even last year's results really entirely off it. It's just such a ridiculous point right now where I think the talent pool is so high, but there's just so many players that are entering that highest ta- highest talent pool, like way more than we've ever had. So I think players like Slug just aren't even like a different tier below. I think it just depends on the day slash the bracket slash the tournament type thing for like 15 plus players right now there's like i would say there's honestly probably 15 people i could pull maybe like 10 that i could realistically expect to potentially win a major depending like if i look at the bracket beforehand right sure of one that's coming up and i've never thought that ever since i started playing the game not once have i ever thought anywhere near that many amount of players could genuinely win a tournament at any given tournament 
and that's a very very different feeling nowadays and has made it very very exciting as well i agree i yes i love that feeling as well where you look at a top eight and you go i mean obviously great to be in winners but these players and losers are kind of killers too this is awesome who who is the most likely player to make a the run all the way from loser seventh to grand finals that those kind of conversations feel real nowadays because in the past like you said in the armada days even there was just like well i mean no probably not gonna happen <laughs> and yeah, so it... and and i i'm just Summer i'm really excited fun. about the possibilities players like amsa winning one and i've definitely been taken up by the jmook storm obviously a big jmook fan now and for the record i was a jmook fan before 2022 it's just that i always got mad at jmook because it felt like he never entered anything we would just place really well in an online bracket at something like four loco fight night and then disappear for the rest of the year. My feelings were hurt, but super cool player okay. as well. And actually as a chic main yourself or wait, hold on chic main, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Just yes. double, triple checking. Cause I'm look, Oh yes. Oh, by the way, <laughs> drew patron of BSM pod. Drew says that your chic tattoo is awesome the that was the patreon question I, I didn't say pick a tattoo of trey's to compliment i said do we have any questions or topics for trey the trash man and drew said just tell trey love the chic tattoo but before i was getting into Thank all you. that would you who would you say or no 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 okay let's talk about use the chic main first what is really important to you in terms of how you play Sheik? What is important to you? Is it is it respecting all the percents? Do you think about going for the dummy hype moments? Do you prioritize edge guards? Like what what is your what would you say is your favorite part of, of playing Sheik? Um I I do enjoy tech chasing when that's going well, but when it goes <laughs> wrong, that's your life crumbles along with it. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I like just how quick she is. I like how it's a lot of, you can do like a lot of moves that kind of don't have huge knockback and quick succession and such. I, I enjoy that a lot about her. She's uh, she's real quick. You know, run, things like run up tilts, stuff like that. Like the up tilt combos you can do, some D, DI mix-ups. Her crowd game is fun. Platform tech chasing is a cool concept she has cool mix-ups needles actually might be my like single favorite part about her needles are so cool they're such a unique projectile in the game and they're so good um so needles are really cool and they go along with that too like needling on a platform run off needling again and then like flipping around and grabbing ledge like just quick stuff like that is fun like the quick the quickness of chic so I saw that video. Did you see that video that somebody put out on Twitter about Jay Mook doing the needles to cause players like Zane? The, most of the clips, no, all the clips were on Zane throwing out forward airs and just getting caught swinging the sword on the needles. Giving Jay Mook just just that little extra time needed to get in and get the grab, get the hit. Yeah, those. Yeah, you can I do that all against like Falco and stuff too. Um, catch people like clown airing on top of you, spaces. Yeah, no, that's a funny that that's a weird aspect of needles that's fun to mess around with as well. Sometimes because like they'll be on the ground, I'll just kind of camp around them for a while until they're gone. Me to King enters the chat. Well, I should say Me to King enters the replies and says, That's been around for such a long time. How do people not know about this? And it's like 
Well, see, certain little isms, and this is what I love about Melee so much again, certain little isms about characters get forgotten, and maybe they're put to the side because we're all trying to learn how to shield drop or, or arguing about UCF through the years, and now we're arguing about box controllers and commentators i guess and seating but well no we've always been arguing about that stuff you get it and so now now that we're in this timeline it's like we're trying to do this asti down that and then jay mook goes or yeah. i could just throw needles on the ground walk up just walk <laughs> make it get relevant again i love it when players do little things like that where i go oh yes that's cool i mean i love how much mech went through an up-tilt phase with Captain Falcon, saw a lot of up-tilts on Salt Mine top eights. So, yeah. just little because things Zane, like that. Edge cancels Zane. People forget, like, I, I feel like when Zane was, like, first coming up, people always talk about him because of his edge cancels and, like, all those shenanigans he would do all the time. And he still uses a lot of that, but it's definitely does it in, like, a different way nowadays and has refined a lot of stuff. But, yeah, his players players get a, go through phases. Also, sometimes like it, it, you need to over apply things for a certain amount of time in order to ingrain them to muscle memory so that you can just if you try to only apply things when it's purely applicable, then it can be hard to just recognize the moments when you need to in real time. Um, so that's like sometimes Spark will talk a lot about like, OK, if you're trying to apply or add this new technique for these next like. 10 games basically only focus on that situation don't care if you win don't care if you lose just focus on that situation and grain it to muscle memory um so sometimes those phases can be helpful too and sometimes they can uh hurt you <laughs> i feel really bad for missing this but rain underscore ssbm if you're still in the chat thank you for the follow that only happened 32 minutes okay. ago so i feel very thank bad you, rain rain's the <laughs> homie all right. I obviously I was thinking that might have been the connection there. So big, big shout outs, big shout outs. I wanted to get to a few Patreon questions. So let me go ahead and go over to that channel. And I will obviously acknowledge once again, Drew, with the literally the message. Can you just tell him I like his chic tattoo? Okay, but then Thank we you, also Drew. have Cree Stab of Conduit Gaming. Ooh. What does being a sponsored commentator entail, E-N-T-A-I-L, what does that mean for you, Trey the Trash Man? And LK, by the way, it, hey, Krista, if you're looking for people to commentate sponsor, I'm just around, just letting you know, just a thought. Anyway, sorry, I'll let you go now. <laughs> um, So... I'm sponsored as a commentator, but that's not all that like what I have entails. Like when I was talking to all chat and stuff, like along with it goes like some mm -hmm. TOing duties, excuse me, TOing duties, content, um, other things like that. So I'm not purely just a sponsored commentator, but when it comes to that, I guess what that entails is just making sure that. I, well, that I commentate salt mines and stuff whenever available in a direct way and stuff. Um, so like events that they need or would like me to sponsor to, um, they want me to like still be applying to events, traveling to events, trying to get gigs. They help me get gigs as well. Um, do a good job at those gigs, keep getting better ones. Just kind of like, it's really performance based, I guess, in the sense of, I don't know. I haven't like done any worse. So I feel like I don't really know what would happen if I started to do worse, but <laughs> I don't expect that to happen. So no, only up and upwards, um, only up and upwards. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, I feel like 
if you respond like i don't know what it would entail from necessarily someone like topher vish who it's more on the level of like what gigs they want to get they get what else that goes along with that but like for me i feel like the main goal is like the like getting some of these better blocks like I have been and like working towards things like top 16s consistently and top eight and stuff like that. So um, for me personally, what it entails is I just want to make sure that we're keeping the gears going. I'm staying, uh, you know, hot on my feet and I'm you just continuing to commentate a lot. I've like, I haven't stopped commentating smaller events or locals or things like that. Trey, oh my gosh, you thought of this surely. Oh my gosh, what if we get you in the summit? What if we just freaking do that? What if we just get you on the catch? Oh, I definitely, yeah, I'd uh, definitely want that to happen. It's not, it's not the last thing on my mind for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mikey, if you're listening. Big shouts, big shoutouts. Mikey's a friend of the program. We love you, Mikey. Oh, and happy birthday, Mikey. See, I remember. Oh, true. Just, happy just, birthday. Yes. But pretend that Trey said that first. It's true. I forgot. Up and coming commentator. I like his shirt. I like their shirt <laughs> today. And then that actually might be it for the Patreon questions because everybody was getting in on the on the chic tattoo love. I even wrote, <laughs> okay. Somebody gave me a fire emoji. It's not actually, oh, it's not that good of a haiku, but I guess I have to read it now since I mentioned it. Do you know what a haiku is, by the way? The yeah, 575. Okay. So just bear in mind, that's that was the folk. Anyway. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. Let me do the, I need to do the the screen mode where it's just where it's just me. Hold on. So let me do that and then share. But, okay. So this is a haiku in in tribute to drew's love of the chic tattoo your tattoo of chic two twos into my essence two 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 beautiful beautiful thank you thank i appreciate you. that it's it's a work in progress you know we obviously have a lot it sounds done <laughs> I don't know. I think you should just that maybe start working on another one, but oh. I think that that one's ready to ship. It re it reminds me of being younger and in school, which I hated. But one one of the things that I really liked doing was doing creative writing. They had us do all kinds of different formats. It wouldn't just be write a five paragraph essay. Like it would be it would be try to do stuff with formatting try to do free writing free writing as in don't stop writing for 10 minutes straight literally whatever comes to mind just write it and 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 don't stop no matter what don't stop writing for 10 minutes straight and i could get through a couple pages of typing because i can type fast enough and i'm go well if i'm really supposed to just type and not think about what i'm putting on the screen i guess you're just going to get a flow of consciousness. Okay, whatever. But mm -hmm. that actually was really helpful because then I started having to write more serious papers in that class. And I realized, oh, wait, this is actually helping a little bit. And in that class, I got published on a magazine. I don't know how many people actually have ever heard of it because I forget the name of it. So it probably doesn't matter that much. But technically, I am a sponsored author. So, you know, it's not yeah. a big deal or anything. Uh, Trey, do you podcaster now? <laughs> yeah, master podcaster and published published writer. 
Hada, do you have any fun, crazy memories related to crazy creative writing or does something else come to mind when you think of school and how thankful you are to be done and just away from it? Because I feel the same way, probably. Me? Um, well, in terms of writing, yeah, there's a lot of writing memories I have. I used to do, that was probably one of the things I was better at growing up. Like, I remember in middle school, do like some oratory, like some international, like, speech and essay competition i'd like go in and Ooh. like your essay place had to like go in and like say it it was like about like all these life stories and like getting over like hardships in life but i just i lied on like three of them and like mom had to be there and there's like, <laughs> just blatant lies that people were coming up and like oh i'm so sorry that happened to you and my mom she's like what is happening <laughs> um, so sorry that your mom's no longer with you i'm right I, here well that's it was that but my dad um and he he didn't come obviously due to that reason but yeah it it was a whole thing trey was gaming uh, the system well it was it wasn't that it's my teacher was making me enter this competition mm -hmm. and i didn't have things that i want i was like comfortable writing about or it was probably more that at the time is there's there's nothing i was comfortable writing about besides like one thing um so i was like okay if i have to write this essay like i'm just i need to think of something um i i, I, I can't believe that, that i, would write I was some expecting you to say oh, i don't care about um, writing that much but you I, entered writing competitions even though you were forced I used to, to oh yeah my i um uh, i would write some people's college essays when needed um <laughs> when i was younger friends and family um, prices friends and family prices yeah definitely <laughs> um i probably my favorite thing i wrote was a like it's like like not that long it's probably like less than 10 pages um but uh, like kind of my definition of like what defines something as being aesthetic horror versus just like horrific in general for a uh aesthetic horror class i was taking and you know being able to like dive into a bunch of different horror literature and movies and different things and tie in different societal fears and so that was a a paper i'm probably pretty proud that i really enjoyed um I, there's some other random stuff i scroll through my google docs far enough but that's one that always comes to mind because it was just fun to write about um yeah that yeah, that's really one. cool so what do you what do you think is the most compelling fear driving factor for a, a horror movie because a lot of people okay I am the person who understands that certain horror movies are literally just going for gratuitous violence. I also understand that other horror movies are actually trying to say something or they're trying to express something more than just saying, hey, look at our special effects team. Look at what they could do on the computer. And then I think thrillers deserve their own category as well. They're not just, there's like something that's at the edge of the screen literally subconsciously telling you that there's something in your own subconscious mind that's trying to get at you so they can be fun movies to watch sometimes but i don't think i enjoy most of the ones that i've seen in my life but then for a little while i watched every single video essay out there for the thing which has kurt russell I love that movie. kurt russell if i is, am i saying it right is it kurt it's russell one of my favorites. yeah Curls. Yes, yes. And okay, sounds like you've actually seen the movie. I'm ashamed to say I have not actually seen it. I've just seen all the video essays about it. But what oh would you say? What you, would you say wow. is your favorite? What would you of say? Is I've seen the thing. Favorite, favorite, or 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 most impactful 
angle of fear to put into a story that involves horror? Well, that changes um, for a lot of different re reasons. It changes regionally. It changes generationally. Um, from like a foundational level, talking about like how you build that stuff up, there's differences between things like simple horror, which would just be, yes, if without like any context, you see like somebody's arm get cut off, that could potentially be something, something like a jump scare, you know, but when you start layering on some of these simple and more complex horror ideas, things like atmosphere, previous tension built up, notions that you've already put in the mind of who's watching it, your ability to suspend them from like suspend them from like disbelief and really suck them in is where you start getting some of these more complex, horrific moments. But what and the, my favorite thing, I think this kind of goes along with the question, my favorite thing that ties in to that are like societal and how you like societal fears and undertones played in, especially like generationally, like things like even uh, very simply like Godzilla in post World War II and a lot of lingering fears and trauma from that. If you look at a movie like Halloween, there's a lot of and in a lot of American culture at that time, there's a lot of um, this in the middle of the AIDS epidemic before we really understood what was happening as well and a lot of this is subconscious some of this is intentionally put in as well but these ideas who has sex first dies a lot of the phallic imagery in halloween with the knife a lot of what michael myers does is very apparent when you see a body like what he does there's nothing mystifying about that you understand what happens when you see him moving on screen he's walking he doesn't seem superhuman but the second he's off screen it's just there's something off. He seems to teleport. He seems to have supernatural strength after getting shot. Like you can't kill him. He's just, he seems too fast. All these different things, but you don't really know how it works. That was, I, I, in a lot of ways, I feel like you can draw a lot of metaphors for the AIDS epidemic in and of itself with that and how we could see the effects of what was happening to these people, but we couldn't really understand why or how it was happening so fast, why we can't get a handle on these things. Um, movies like the exorcist and stuff like that are coming out of a time where there's a lot of fear from different generations in our country. This is at the beginning of when some of our youth started to split away from our organized religions a little bit more. And we started to break away from that slightly more in our country. And a lot of movies like that have characters. It's, there's a lot of demonic priests, things like poltergeist. And usually the priests or the holy figures end up being the good and the saviors in it in this good versus evil but if you juxtapose that to a lot of the horror movies coming out currently i think a trend that we're really on is the complete opposite we've already kind of broken away from our organized religion in a lot of aspects and a lot of areas of art and such and now we're scared of what a lot of these traditional values have brought in the past and what they could still bring and that's why there's a lot of period piece movies like the witch like apostle like Crucible, um, all these movies, the main antagonists are those same religious figures coming from these traditional sides of our history. But now they are the issue. They are the monster in the movie. And I think that's us taking a look back at our religion versus when we were worried about losing. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like after yes. broken away more versus exorcism where it was kind of starting to happen and such so that like idea of like societal undertones and fears leaking into our horror movies and that's 
stuff like that. I think it's really cool. Hopefully Brentos listens to this bit because Brentos writes reviews on horror movies. Shout outs to Brentos. Okay, so we're we're at about an hour, well, a little over an hour. So I want to start to get in the direction of wrapping up. I don't want to take too much of your more of your time. Although it seems like you're not playing in that doubles tournament tonight. So I don't know where you're at with that. Yeah, I mean, I told him to wait and stuff, but we have to DQ. Not a big deal. I am more focused on this for sure. So. Yeah, and I'm I also don't, I also it. want to be respectful of your time in general. Do you want to get, oh. do one more topic before we get you going? Are you yeah, ready sure. to wrap up now? One more topic? Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do one more topic. One more topic. So the the whole rankings discourse could be something. I'm also interested in hearing what you are planning on doing for the rest of the year as of now, like plans for the rest of the year. So if you want to pick one of those and roll with it, I'd love to hear your perspective on either one. Uh, uh, I can give both because my ranking one is so short. I think that the the reason why there's so much ranking, I mean, there always is, but it's it's too hard to rank right now, like half the people. So there's your answer. We really want firm rankings. We really want to be like, he's better than him. Newsflash, most people aren't better than each other right now. It's literally just who's beating who uh, in a really, it's really weird times. And then rest of the year, um, I need to look at my schedule, but I know that I'm going to like Oregon smash camp. Um, I know I'm going to main stage. I know I'm going to wave dash. I'll be commentating at wave dash in like two weeks. Let's go. Um, I'll be hitting like most of the majors out here. I really want to try and go to shine. Oh, actually I'm going to be going to DreamHack Atlanta now. Shout out Curry. I really want to go to DreamHack Atlanta and hang out with my friend. So I'll be DreamHack Atlanta. Super random. Um, <laughs> that'll be fun. And then I'm going to like Aftershock, which is a cool like four day long metal rock festival. Um, that'll be fun. A lot of different music festivals and stuff, probably like Audiotistic, a lot of some EDM shows, a bunch of different random stuff. I'll be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love the fact that you're trying to get out to all these events for for gaming, but then you're also going to festivals and going to music concerts. I uh, just cannot get over uh, how much you're able to do and i think all chat is very smart for picking you up because they're going well trey's going to probably go to a lot of these anyway finding a way to make it happen <laughs> not that you have all of the disposable income in the world to go to everything but hopefully i will see you at big house because just because it'll be a big event i'll be big um... houses during aftershock oh okay so, well yeah, sag. i'm gonna be seeing my chemical romance probably Ooh, top eight that sounds fun though yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> there's, there's, there, there will be other big houses. Juggle well, guy has proven I that. I mean, sure. you yeah, can't, you anywhere. just can't shut down big house. It's impossible. It already happened once anyway. It's never going to happen again. You can't hear yeah. me knocking on the wood was, my microphone. All right, I got wood right. I got a wood desk. I got mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome because I'm going to be there, but I'll be sad because I won't get to see Trey there. But Hopefully I did get to see you at Pound. Out there. Maybe it was super, super fun to meet you and your right. girlfriend at Pound. Actually, I really loved uh, hearing from from her, and I'm so sorry, but I can't. LaJoy. Huh? LaJoy. Do do LaJoy with J-O-Y at the end? Uh, J-O-I, but yeah, the oh. same like pronunciation. Right, right. I didn't want to mishear that from, from you. Uh, she just like t telling me about how her perspective, like from what her perspective was of pound was, was always, it's always interesting to me because 
Because when I talk to my lovely wife, Jen, about melee-related stuff, and I go, i got to get you to one of these, she's always like, well, nah. <laughs> she's like, what What do they have to offer me? And I go, this is the greatest <laughs> place in the world to be. Everybody loves melee there. Then it's true. She doesn't play melee. So, like, I get it. I get it. But... I think I think at bigger events, it's not just people playing the game. There's other things to check out and do. But even still, compared to an event like, I guess, Comic-Con is the most obvious example of things that come to mind where you'd go there to do literally the full spectrum of possible multiple people activities it's cosplay it's 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 movie stuff it's it's TV show it's 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 just yeah. way more than just focused on a franchise gaming series like smash. So I kind of get it, but also I like loved hearing from the joy about what she was, what she was liking about pound or, or, or especially being with the all chat crew being with you. Like it's, it's valuable time spent together as well. It's really cool. Do you, uh, do you get, do you get to do stuff? Do you get to do stuff with her that she enjoys, I guess? Yeah. Honestly, a big reason why I started going to like EDM festivals, like I always like concerts and stuff. We would even do that before, like we dated or anything like that, but she got me into the EDM festivals and those are really fun. So like, yeah, going to EDC, we went to EDC like twice this year, actually, because they had one in October and then, uh, I guess not twice this year, but twice in pretty quick succession. So those are fun out in Vegas. That was actually one was like a few weeks before, like a month before, uh, double down. So I just, we doubled up on the Vegas trips. (laughs) gone to vegas like three times in too short of a time and (laughs) go back yeah but um yeah no we do a lot of a lot of stuff like that it's always fun just trying to do the music festivals i would say are like her um melee tournaments like edc is her genesis that's awesome i'm glad that you guys did do that together okay so in terms of where the people can find you and also where people can find super cool looking shirts like that. I assume that that Kirby 69 is for sale yes. somewhere. Is it? Please tell me it is. It, it, it's, I think it's going to be on the shop within this week. Um, if it's not already, I have to triple check if it got mm. put up yet or not, but um, yeah, it'll be on our shop where they always are. Find uh, that at 69% like typed out the word. 69% hats on Twitter. Um, go check that out. You can type 69%. You can go find stuff. You can find us. Um, you can find our stuff too. You can find it through me on my Twitter at Trade the Trash Man. And that's also my Twitch and my YouTube and my Instagram and my phone number. It's not my phone number. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it basically, if you trade the trash man everywhere, um, so you can find all our stuff. Or on your favorite melee streams stream while I'm commentating, hopefully. And if not, you should tell them to get me to commentate. So, yes, yeah. I want like you know I love the Walt and Radar arc, how they're doing top eights and stuff like Battle BC and 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 get all my level. I kept wanting to say GMO, and I'm like, no, it's Gommel, Gommel, get on my level, GMO, and, it's, and that's cool because that's Gallant Melee Open, but. Oh, I was thinking of genetically modified. I mean, that too. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea also of you and Hada doing some big commentary blocks in the future. The all chat, the all chat gamers, commentators, the boys. So in, in terms of finding you at Trey, the trash man everywhere and 69% hats, that's such a cool shirt. I can't, I very legitimately might end up buying that at some point. 
Yeah, it's a pretty cool one. I like this one. It's super cool. We're going to do that for the thumbnail. But in terms of me, we're streaming this live on twitch.tv slash cypher0033. I lost the other one, so don't ask. But everything else is at BSM Pod, Twitter, Patreon, YouTube. You just do that, and you're going to get in the right direction. And we have a FOB controller giveaway, me and oh. at Borg Technology on Twitter. If you go to either of our Twitters, especially mine with the, with the pinned tweet, I don't think that Hoborg pinned the tweet on his Borg technology oh. Twitter, but the, you get it. Go to either of those places and you're going to find a file control giveaway. You just got to follow and retweet and like. It's not that big of a deal. Appreciate oh, everybody for checking that out so far. But that goes until the end of July and the drawing happens on August 1st. So you still have time. You can still do the like, retweet, follow thing and possibly get Oborg makes great controllers, and this is with the most up-to-date board. So it's not it's not those old boards that people were complaining about on Twitter. These are the new. These aren't improved. old boards. These are Hoborgs. Yes, yes. In case I didn't make that clear, the board inside of the GCC shell is actually functional across all platforms: monitor gaming and CRT gaming. But you go ahead and check that out if you want to or don't. That's fine. Either way. Either way, I appreciate y'all for joining us and Trade a Trash Man once again. Thank you for joining me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Thank okay. you so much for having me. I appreciate this. Always fun. And I'm sure we'll have another one in the future. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, so stick around after the outro is over for the thumbnail. But for the rest of y'all, see y'all next time. Oh, 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 o